Ah, yes, and welcome to what we're calling an afternoon espresso edition of MLB Morning Coffee. It is Saturday, March 7th, 2020. Not a ton going on in Major League Baseball today. Wanted to keep it short, just a little 10-minute shot of espresso to get your baseball juices flowing. Appreciate you putting up with me during this crazy time of year. It's been a busy time at work. I've been working a lot of long hours, but... We wanted to make sure that we got some content out for you today before I have to get back to work. So, without further ado, here is your afternoon espresso, which is basically going to be like the Daily Grounds. Remember, write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. Here we go. More injury woes for the New York Yankees as outfielder Aaron Judge has been added to that list with a broken rib, a stress fracture injury that resulted from an injury to his rib last season when he heard it making a diving catch in September. He does not know whether he will need surgery, and it is not clear when he will be back in the starting lineup. Quote, frustrated, especially with an injury that happened at the end of last year and still didn't heal up. At least we have an answer, so now we can start working on a solution. Overall, I'm just mad. I want to be out there with my team, especially in spring training. We've got a good team here, a good club, and we've got a lot of goals here in 2020. Judge is going to rest for two weeks while recovering from the stress fracture. He still has not played in a spring training game yet because he's also been dealing with soreness in his right pectoral muscle and his shoulder. There's no timeline for his return. He continues, quote, I want to be out there, but the first thing is you've got to get this healed. Get this right, and then you can move forward. The biggest thing is I want the pain to go away and get this healed up. It shows signs of healing, so we're going to give it the next couple and retest to show how much healing is going on with that rib. I wouldn't say that's off the table, Boone said in regards to surgery, but you wouldn't want to do that right now, especially if the bone is healing. This is already unfortunate because of the fact that the Yankees are already without James Paxton until June. They're without Severino, Luis Severino, for the season. Giancarlo Stanton is also dealing with a lingering injury as well. So the Yankees, who entered this year as probably the most talented team on paper, are suffering injuries left and right. And if Aaron Judge ends up going down for a majority of time, it's going to be bad things are coming for New York because Tampa Bay looks healthy, they look ready to go, and I think that the Rays could challenge the Yankees for the AL East if New York isn't healthy. We've talked about Yankees injuries before here on this show, and this is just another one that is going to further hurt their chances of being the top team in the American League. Interesting news out of Cardinals camp as infielder Jairo Munoz was released after flying home to the Dominican Republic without notifying team personnel. Munoz got hurt during spring training last week, and instead of consulting team doctors, his agent, or his team, he decided to just go home to the Dominican Republic, citing what his agent is saying is a lack of upcoming playing time given that he was disappointed in his playing time this past season. Munoz was originally acquired by the Cardinals in the trade that sent outfielder Steven Piscotty to Oakland. Munoz is a guy that has played in parts of two major league seasons, played over 100 games in 2018, played 88 games in 2019. But Munoz, after this, might be a risk for anybody that is possibly willing to pick him up. He basically just decided that he was going to get straight up out of Cardinals camp because he wasn't going to be happy with the playing time he figured that he would receive, 
and he used the injury as an excuse to basically just say, see you later. So the Cardinals, to him, said, see you later as well. Munoz is a guy that I think could end up being a starting infielder on a lower-level team, such as a Giants or a Tigers or however you want to place the skills of a 270-hitting middle infielder. But the fact remains is that what Munoz did is unprecedented. It really is never seen. You see guys sometimes hold out in football when they don't have the contract that they want, but you don't see guys just leave camp without notice and then end up getting outright released. You could have potentially seen a suspension from this, but the Cardinals effectively said, we had enough, we're not dealing with this anymore. And I guess on a zero-tolerance policy situation that it was time for Munoz to go. Sad to see the situation end like that, but if he's going to end up doing something like that where he just decides to leave camp, then it's probably for the best that the Cardinals part ways. The Chicago White Sox have been in the mood of extending young stars for the near future, and they've done it again as Yuan Moncada has finalized a $70 million extension over the next five years. Definitely the talent we have right now is something that makes you feel really excited, Moncada said through an interpreter. My agents were the first ones to ask me what I wanted to do, you know? What were my plans in the long run? And then I told them that I wanted to stay here in this organization. Then I think they were the ones who approached the team and started all the conversation, and I am very glad that this happened. They originally acquired Moncada in December of 2016 in the trade that sent Chris Sale to the Red Sox. They also got Michael Kopech back in that trade as well. Last year, he had a 315 batting average, 25 homers, and 79 RBI. His offensive production increased significantly once he made the transition from second base to third base. His contract details include a $25 million team option for 2025 with a $5 million buyout. He's going to get a $4 million signing bonus, payable in equal installments from 2020 to 2023. He'll have base salaries of $1 million this year, $6 million in 2021, $13 million in 2022, $17 million in 2023, and $24 million in 2024. So as his star rises, so will his salary. The White Sox have already gotten long-term extensions done with Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Aaron Bummer. So, the White Sox are basically taking this type of strategy. Let's lock up the young guys for the future. This is the core that we're going to win with. So, let's have them here. Let's lock them up. And before they hit free agency, we'll already have them well in tow. This is a great move by the White Sox. I think Moncada is going to continue to be a star. And it also somewhat raises questions about what the Red Sox are now thinking in hindsight after trading for Chris Sale, who's looking more and more like damaged goods as the 2020 season approaches. In news that is not a surprise to anybody, Tim Tebow has been reassigned to Mets minor league camp after going 2-for-13 during his time in big league camp. Tim Tebow is one of those guys that basically is a name because of the fact that he was a name at Florida and was one of the best college football quarterbacks of probably recent memory, but he's not anybody that at this point is going to amount to much as a baseball player. Last season in 77 games in AAA, he hit 163 with four homers and 19 driven in. His best season in the minors came in 2018, where he hit 273 over 84 games with a 336 on base percentage, had six homers and 36 RBI. Tebow has been in the Mets organization since 2016. He made his debut in 2017 at Low A Columbia, was promoted to High A Port St. Lucie 
after hitting only 220 in 64 games with Columbia. Tim Tebow is 32 years old. I don't know what the heck type of future he has in baseball, and I feel like people talk about him too much because his fame is more known for what he did in the past than what he's doing now. The fact that he was in Major League camp in the first place is honestly despicable because he's taking a spot away from somebody that more than likely deserves it more than Tim Tebow does. The fact that this is even news is sad. But I don't know how much longer the Mets are going to play this if they don't see the end game in Tebow as a Major League Baseball player. He's 32 years old, and there are going to continue to be more guys that are more qualified than him to take his roster spot. So the Mets have a decision to make, and I hope for the sake of every future minor leaguer who has worked their butt off from the time that they were a little kid through college and through the low minors, that they get a chance to make it to the bigs more than Tebow does, because Tebow is just a gadget attraction at this point and is not a part of anybody's plans as a future Major League Baseball player. Indians utility man Oscar Mercado is day-to-day with a mild left wrist sprain, manager Terry Francona told the media. Mercado is penciled in for a starting spot in the outfield this year. He's going to probably make the Indians roster because he's a really versatile guy. He can play the infield. He can play all three outfield positions. Had a good rookie season last year in 115 games. He had 15 homers, drove in 54 runs. In the minors, he was a speed guy. Had 15 stolen bases in 19 attempts in his rookie season with Cleveland. He's a former St. Louis Cardinals farmhand that was acquired by the Indians in the middle of the 2018 season. I actually had a chance to watch him play as a member of the Class A Peoria Chiefs in 2015. All this guy did was play great defense, stole bases, and hit gap-to-gap power really well. So for Mercado, keeping him healthy is going to be critical for Indians team success this year, especially given how good the White Sox and the Twins are probably going to be in relation to the talent level of this Indians roster. So every year around this time, MLB Pipeline, which is the prospect website for MLB.com, comes out with their team-by-team breakdown of how many top 100 prospects are on each team, and they have done that as of this morning. Tampa Bay has the most top 100 prospects with six, followed by Atlanta, San Diego, San Francisco, Arizona, Miami, Seattle, and Los Angeles, who each have five. Some of the lower-end teams include Texas, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Los Angeles Angels, Washington, and Boston, who all have two. Houston and Colorado each only have one, and the only team that does not have a prospect in the top 100, surprisingly, given how good they've developed talent, is the Milwaukee Brewers. So this is an interesting thing to look at in terms of years to come. Tampa, you have to think, is going to be one of the best teams in Major League Baseball for years to come because of the fact that they have so many prospects. They're already a playoff team. You could say the same thing with Atlanta. You could say the same thing potentially with San Diego if they end up making a jump this year in terms of wins because San Diego's had probably the best farm system in Major League Baseball for the past two or three years. Arizona and San Francisco The Giants have got a ways to go. The Marlins, who have five, have got a ways to go. Seattle has got a ways to go at five. The Dodgers, with a bunch of top prospects, they can reload guys that they lost in free agency, so there's not much to worry about in terms of them. But in any event, just an interesting little list that comes out every single year around this time. It might be an indicator of what's to come. It might be an indicator of something else. But in any event, 
If you're a Rays fan, a Braves fan, a Padres, Giants, Diamondbacks, Marlins, Dodgers, or Mariners fan, you feel really good about the ability to develop your own talent for years and years to come while still being able to spend in free agency. These are some of those teams that are going to be on the up and up as the tide changes in terms of competitiveness in Major League Baseball. So that's it for this quick afternoon espresso. Appreciate you all tuning in. We're going to get back and roll into a regular schedule next week. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and we'll catch you Monday a.m. bright and early.